Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How are you? I'm Eric Olson, publisher, founder, dog catcher of blogcritics.org, and this is BC Radio Live. Very excited to be here. We're in our new format, three hours earlier, which makes things so much easier and more fun. I like looking out the window here. There's still a little bit of light, although it's it's drizzly and icky here in Northeast Ohio, but we will plow through it nonetheless. So check this out. Tonight's show, really excited about this. Lisa and Philip will be joining us, joining me, at 6.30. And we hope to be hearing from a number of Blog Critics writers. That's our new format. We talk about Blog Critics from 6.30 until 7 each week on the show. And tonight we're talking about Twitter. I just tweeted about it, in fact. Uh, just in time to uh, pick up the phone and say hi to you guys. So uh, check this out. 6.30, we'll be talking about Twitter. Anyone who is a blog critics listener or just a Twitter person for that matter, uh, happy to have you call in or join in the live chat. And we're just going to talk about what Twitter means to you, how do you use it, how does it work, what are the positives, what are the negatives. All right, but first, in the meantime... Equally exciting, we're talking to a very hot new band, or newish band, out of Las Vegas, called Ashberry, and they are, they are rocking the rectum all over the world. I'm looking right now at their MySpace page, and it is impressive indeed. There, there they are, the lads, sitting on some sort of velvet reddish thing, uh, piece of furniture at the top of the page. Scroll down. We meet them all. Brian, Lenny, Jeremy, Joey, and Patrick looking youthful and exuberant. You can check out some of the tunes, and they are excellent indeed in a sort of, I don't know, I guess it's a dirty word these days, emo, but, uh, you know, they're sort of in emo-ish mode, in indie rock mode. So let's check it out. I believe we have them on the phone right now. Is someone there? Yeah, What's yeah, up, guys? Yeah. Who's there? You have Patrick and Lenny here. From Ashbury. Yes, sir. Excellent. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. Super. Are you guys on the same phone? Are you handing it back and forth, or what are you doing? Uh, we're on a conference, kind of conference call thing. We're all, we're all over the map, so we're just both we're both here, but on two different phones. Ah. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. It's not speakerphone though, right? Because that I'm hearing a little bit of a feedback there, but you know we will certainly we will certainly plow through. All right, so you guys are uh, uh, respectively which instruments in the band? Oh, we are the drummer and the guitarist slash pianist. Cool. All right. Yeah. Excellent. Well, hey, did you? Uh, let's check out the. Uh, the chat room. Did you guys let your fans know that you'd be talking with us this evening? Oh, yeah, of course. We let our fans know everything we're doing. Excellent. So. All right, well, I just want to stay on top of the uh, the chat in case there's any questions or anyone would like to call in. And meanwhile, if you're listening and have questions or would just like to talk to our lads from Ashbury, uh, feel free to give us a show. Give the show a call. The number is 646-595-3195. And, of course, if you're listening, you already know where the show is. It's on www.blogtalkradio.com slash stations 
slash, I don't think you need all this, but this is the address I happen to be on at the moment, slash BC slash BC Radio. All right, cool. Well, why don't you guys tell us? You got a new EP out, right? just came out within the last couple of weeks. Yeah, the EP it actually came out uh, March 31st on iTunes and Amazon. So we... You know, it's just we're kind of do, doing it the uh, do-it-yourself route for now until we get a like label deal where we can put it in stores. So. All right. Well, there's certainly nothing wrong with that. How's it going? What's how's the response to the new material? How many songs are on it? We got five songs. Uh, of course, we uh, saved a couple of them that are our hits for the album, but we have five fabulous songs. Um, we're uh, we're getting a lot of good response. A lot of our fans are telling us. Uh, they're getting uh, to hear the CD and they love it, and then they uh, see us live and they get to hear the exact same thing that they hear on the CD live. So we get a good response from that. All right. Well, I, I was listening to uh, the tunes. Uh, I got a um, MP3, which we'll certainly be getting to. We'll be able to, to sample that here live on the air. But I was listening to the three songs you have up on MySpace, and very consistent. They're all melodic. Really, really like the approach, and it's really well produced. I hear you worked with a very well-known producer. Uh, yeah, we we did. We we got a chance to work with uh, Lucio Ordano, who um, he's well known for working with uh, the Goo Goo Dolls, uh, Taking Back Sunday, uh, the Ataris. He's he's kind of got his finger in in places all over the place, but. It's, We've been talking to him for about a year and a half or two years, and we were finally able to, you know, get in the studio with him, and it was great. So, excellent. What was he like to work with? Uh, he he was actually the perfect producer for us because he he's so organized, and he, you know he's been there, done that kind of thing, and and you know we we kind of have it down like songwriter wise, and he just kind of has that that little radio ear where he can just tweak the arrangement just enough, so you know if a chorus needs to hit one more time before the song is over. Uh, you know, he'll he'll recommend that. But he kind of leaves a lot of the songwriting decisions up to us, which for us works out perfectly. So, super. Yeah, he's a you know he's been around a long time. In fact, we we profiled him in the Encyclopedia of Record Producers, which is already can't believe it ten years old. Came out in in ninety nine. So he was already you know pretty big time then. I'm looking at his. Uh, his discography it goes back to the to to the late 80s so yeah i mean he's been at it for about 20 years 20 i see mid 80s even he worked with sugar um smithereens he's he's been around so um so that's great i'd say that's an excellent sign that that he uh you know was interested in working with you guys and i think uh like i said the results that i heard came out really good i i enjoy it a lot uh, I'm trying to get for some reason your now your page is loading slowly for me, but uh, that's not uh, your fault. I, yeah, I do know we have uh, we do have a web designer guy kind of tweaking things. It's kind of kind of bad timing with the inter- with the interview today, but I know he's he's adjusting some things on the page, so that might be the reason why. Ah, the old adjustments, the adjustments Jeez. on the page. <laughs> well, what yeah. I was tra- what I was trying to get to is uh, is do you have a tour schedule? Because we certainly want to refer people to that. And and by the way, I don't think I even never mentioned the the address for the site, which is pretty stupid. It looks like you changed sites. You had a you had an earlier address, uh, it appears. But the the site. It used to be uh, Ashbury Rock. Now it's just MySpace. 
dot com slash Ashbury. Better still, although of course less descriptive. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Less descriptive, but but uh, but the simpler the better. Yeah, yeah. Si- simpler the better, I'd say. I, I was I'm trying to find it. Maybe I'm just not seeing it. Is do you have a, a tour schedule on there anywhere? Um, right now we do not have a tour posted, but I do know we're actually working really close with, uh, with Smart Punk and Stereo Bear Clothing. And so they're, you know, they, they've got a lot of the dates in mind and it's, it's going to be kind of like a Western tour, a little Southwest leg tour, but, uh, they're putting the lineup together and solidifying everything. So we, we don't have it posted yet. Oh, okay. So can you give us maybe the the general time frame and, and any other particulars? It's a BC Radio Live exclusive. <laughs> yeah, this is like insider information we're probably not supposed to talk about. <laughs> but but uh, I won't tell. I won't tell if you don't. What's up, Lenny? Oh, I said just look out for us at the end of the summer. You'll see us. You'll see us on the road. Oh, so we're talking about a summer tour here? Yeah. All right, so, and you're playing the Southwest. Now, do you have to wear, like, cowboy clothes and stuff? Uh, <laughs> no, but we definitely have to uh, pack plenty of grits uh, for when we get hungry. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, you guys are from Vegas, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, three three out of the five members are, are from Vegas. Um, me and Lenny are actually are the, the two outsiders. Um He's from New Mexico, and I actually moved down here from Wisconsin. So, oh wow, yeah. Well, so four of the five are southwesterners, but uh, you are certainly not, then. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely a, a midwestern farm boy. <laughs> so, so how did you hook up with these guys? Why, why don't you uh, guys just for, for those who don't know the tale, uh, why don't you just give us some background on the band? How did you come together, and and uh, you know, just give us your your foundation myth. Oh, okay. Well, um, you know, Brian and Jeremy are lead singer and bass player are brothers. And so they, you know, they've kind of been doing it together for a long time. Um, they found Joey kind of randomly, um, just locally through another band. Um, and that's actually when Ashbury was formed was when they found Joey, our guitar player. Um, so they're, they're like the three original members. And, um, my my story is kind of long and random, but but basically uh, through MySpace, um, I actually joined a different band down in Las Vegas uh, that ended up being a really bad idea. And <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was not smart. I dropped out of school and everything for it. But but um but 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 the good news is um is I found Ashbury through that, and they were you know they were looking for a drummer. And they had um, some radio airtime at the time, and uh, we're opening for Bon Jovi. Um, so they, they had a lot of buzz going on, and they, they just they needed a replacement drummer. So I was kind of in the right place at the right time, kind of thing. So, and uh, Let Lenny, we actually just added um, in December because after we got out of the studio with Lou, uh, we had a lot of keyboard parts and organ parts and string parts and. And, you know, we were kind of playing them live with an iPod, but we figured why not add uh, another face and another voice and another performing mm-hmm. member. So. Live with the iPod, man, is that a modern <laughs> – you wouldn't have heard that statement ten years ago. <laughs> oh, no, no way. <laughs> Some people yeah, we'll be playing live. The keyboard parts are coming out of the, the iPod there. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're like, you know, my, our keyboard player, organ player, slash string player, uh, you know, he's in my pocket. So, <laughs> so it's, uh, it's kind of convenient. He doesn't require a lot of food or sleep. <laughs> right, you don't have to pay him once you buy him in the first place. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, he's one-time fee, and he just plays for you, you know, forever, as long as he gets uh, battery charged. So. And he travels light. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so yeah, that that works out. And we, I mean, we still use um, the iPod for some of the stuff, but um, but Lenny actually takes care of the majority of that. So, interesting. So, what are you guys doing now? If you're not if you're not uh, touring behind the EP, what 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 are your plans? What are you working on right now? Oh, right right now we actually have um, you know we're planning our official EP release show here in Las Vegas. Um, it's going to be May 30th at a new venue called The Farm. And so that's that's going to be kind of our, our next really big, uh, you know, kind of showcase uh, to Las Vegas and also to a couple of uh, uh, record labels that do have their eye on us. So we're going to, ah, you know, excellent. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so we're working on that, and along with that, uh, you know, that summer tour, and uh, just kind of boosting our EP release and try to get our name out there as much as possible. So cool. Well, you mentioned songwriting earlier. Why don't you um, let us know, you know, kind of what is your general process? How do you guys work? Uh, um, we work together as much as we work separate, but uh, like we'll, we'll stay in our rooms with our computers and our and our you know, songwriting programs that, you know, while we're sitting there at home, we'll come up with a riff, um, come up with a main idea for a song, and then usually approach the other guys and say, hey, look, I got this great idea. Check it out. Um, our singer then comes in. He's a very good lyricist. He comes in with very positive lyrics. Um, and then during practice, usually we kind of sum it up all together. Everyone kind of writes their own parts. But uh, usually the main ideas are developed by... By a lot of the main, uh, the, the lead singer and uh, our guitarist Joey Wesley, and but all of us bring in our own ideas as well. It's quite fun. You yeah. got to come to one of our uh, practices, man. Well, hey, if they're in Vegas, you know, there's worse places to be. Yes. <laughs> After exactly. practice, we'll show you the city. <laughs> so. We but, uh, we go we go out every uh, every year. For Blog World, this year will be the third one, and uh, it's, I think the first one was in November, and the second one was two years ago, and the second one was in September, and now I think this third one's going to be in October. They're trying to find the perfect weather, you know, just zero yeah, in on that yeah. perfect weather. So I think this year it's October, and yeah, we're really excited about that. It's always tons of fun, the show itself, uh, the convention itself is great and really interesting it's great to see a bunch of people and then of course being in vegas is great too last year was really the first time we really kind of ran around to some shows and we did kind of the cliche stuff we had we we saw about 74 cirque du soleil shows man they just like pumped those suckers out you know but love was great i really enjoyed love it really kind of renewed my enthusiasm for the beatles so i certainly have to give it some credit for that yeah, speaking that of which awesome. Have you guys seen that show? Yeah, oh yeah. Uh per- personally I I haven't seen the love show yet. Um but but we do have some friends that work over there. We we actually play um every once in a while at the Revolution 
at the at the lounge that they have. It's oh, like, cool. Yeah, so but I have not had the chance to see the show yet, so Wow, well, I would certainly recommend it. It's uh, you know, it's the standard Cirque du Soleil multimedia fair, but you know, the 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 mix on the music, the 5.1 digital mix, I mean, wow, it's really something. I got, you know, I got the when we were there, I got picked up the the DVD uh audio of it, I guess is what it is. And it's it's a lot of fun to 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 listen to it and both both in that it conjures up the show again and but also just to hear uh, a, a very interesting and, and creative mix. It's not the standard yeah. songs, you know. It's a lot of different exactly. songs, and the way they're blended is 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 real different. They did all the orchestrations and everything's blended together. Very nice. Yeah, it's super cool. I really love it. What it really makes me want to hear, though, is uh, you know uh, a surround mix or, or an SACD mix. Uh, on all the Beatles stuff now, you know, it amazes me that that's the only uh, surround mix you can get is is on that love. Uh, I guess it's the DVD portion of it. I don't know. I got the combo CD DVD. I think that's what it was. Anyway, uh, that's super cool that you guys have played there right there at, at the show at, at, in the in the lounge. Do you, are you playing your own stuff? I assume you're not playing Beatles stuff, are you? Oh no, um, we actually. We we're actually contemplating doing one cover just kind of for the fun of it, but um, but yeah, we we mostly stick to all of our original stuff, especially when we're trying to uh, to push our name live. So. Oh well, sure, of course. Yeah, and it's great material. How many originals do you guys have? Um. Oh wow! If you include all of our music from Ashbury Day One, I think we have over thirty thirty songs, something like that. I mean, wow. live we only. We only play a handful of them live right now, but uh, yeah, we have quite the little repertoire. <laughs> That's amazing. Hey, speaking of which, let us now check out. Uh, this is the single, right? Uh, Cold September is that correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, we have we have multiple singles. That is definitely one of them. Well, this is the one, the only one I got that MP3 on. I said, "Give me all your MP3s," and this is the only one that that I actually got. Although, like I said, I've heard. Heard the rest from uh, uh, on the MySpace and uh, somewhere else. I, I checked it out and dug it all. But anyway, here is "Cold September" by Ashbury.
All right, well, we don't want to give away the whole store there, but that is a good, healthy sampling of Cold September. Great tune, guys. I'm digging it. Hey, thank you, man. <laughs> We're going to have to hook you up with uh, with the rest of the stuff you requested. Yeah, I am, aren't I, by golly? I mean, yeah. you are, yes. Or yeah. Some, something <laughs> like that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that will be super, yes. And, of course, as soon as there's a – now, you're saying there's not a physical EP, is that right? It, it's digital only? Oh well, we we do sell uh, physical EPs actually off of uh, you know off of our online merch store and uh, when we do play live shows. So, good idea. There are, there are still the old farts like me, you know, who who like to have that physical disc, that thing to hang on to and take a look at the pictures and read the credits and you know all the all this. Uh, it's all still really too uh ephemeral for me the whole digital music thing plus i plus i'm i'm really kind of a a snob i guess uh, about about sound quality you know i'm really interested in production and all that so uh you know even if the difference is only slight i i mean i'd rather hear the real thing than a than an mp3 you know i'm sure you guys being musicians you can certainly hear the difference oh yeah I think, uh, especially with headphones on, the difference between like a, a wave file and the, the MP3 is is definitely noticeable. So, now you brought up something earlier because I'm certainly not anti. Uh, I'm certainly not a, a luddite by any means, and I'm I'm very interested in a in a strong believer in in all the wonderful benefits that both the internet, and, but then also just kind of the whole digital revolution has brought to kind of everything, but music also. You were mentioning uh, uh, songwriting programs, uh, software that you guys use. Why, can you tell us about that a little bit? We use a... It's more for the songwriting process. However, we did use samples from a, a program called Reason, in which we'll... Uh, while we're trying to develop a song in our head without the rest of the members there, um, we basically will write a drum pattern on the program followed by the bass, the guitar, and then those will be recorded live into the program. And then from there, with the song without the melody or the lyrics, it will be, and then, then we show it to our lead singer, and then we say, all right, come up with some melody, and then we'll all kind of develop that together as well. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, from there, then we'll do is that that will be will, will be our, our demo. That demo will be then shown to the producer, whoever that is, that will then be, then we'll record all the instruments live into the studio. However, yeah. we do use some of the program to, like, to uh, produce a, the sound of an organ or, you know, synths, orchestrations, um, other instruments like that. Interesting. Uh, Another program that uh, our, our guitarist Joey, especially, um, has become kind of a guru at is uh, is believe it or not, uh, just GarageBand right right off of a um, Mac, you know, Mac computer. So, right. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you can really get some amazing sounds if you just you know EQ it and you just tweak everything, all the all the levels of of all the instruments and everything. And he's he's actually uh, he impresses me on that thing. So it's. You know, everything Lenny said, uh, along with GarageBand, is kind of like our our uh, self-demoing world. So interesting. So now, the 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 main benefit of that is that you can kind of just pass it around. I mean, is that kind of what it is? That you can send it to each other and 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 record. Yeah, that yeah, that too. Definitely, we uh, will have it 
that we the, you'll get an exact idea of what we're trying to go for as far as what we want the drums to do or the bass or the guitar or even, you know, like the overall melody of the song. But, yeah, we'll definitely share those with each other. And, and like I said, then, then the next step basically is getting together and listening to it and creating something else from our own point of view as well, whatever instrument we're playing, you know. Yeah. I actually I actually do know a few bands um, that write music that way, like with, you know, with programs like GarageBand, and, and they don't even have to live uh, in the same state. You know, you can email, like, a bass part or a guitar part and, you know, have someone put a drum part to it and have someone else, you know, put some lyrics to it. And, and you, you, could, you could literally do it that way if you wanted to. So. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I actually, honestly, in doing interviews for the, uh, for the book, the encyclopedia that I mentioned, now, you know, so we're talking, the book came out in 99. I was doing interviews from about, uh, oh, I don't know, 96 to 98. So, you know, in other words, more than 10 years ago. And I remember that far back, I think it was uh, Thrill Kill Cult, My Life with the Thrill Kill Cult, the two main songwriters there lived, uh, I think one was Chicago and one was maybe Seattle. And they, 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 she said they never got together other than when they were touring, and they would do just that. They'd send the parts back and forth. I imagine it was a lot harder then. I did. I didn't exactly even understand it at the time, you know, because I didn't, yeah, didn't really comprehend what what he meant by it. But of course now I do. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so they were so they were that early on to uh, to take that approach. But but yeah, I mean, the internet and and the digital revolution in general. I mean, the thing, the, one of the main things that it does is that it, it compresses space. You know, ultimately, when you guys be in a band, you're a real band. You're not like um, you know with, with a lot of electronics and all that kind of thing. You're a real band. You play live. Um, you know, you record your your instruments live uh, when you're when you are recording. Um, so you know, it doesn't apply so much to you. But um, you know, people can make music without uh, without doing a whole lot of of uh, uh, what would be have been perceived in the old days as you know actual organic music making. But it sounds like you guys have a lot of fun working together, and that that's important to you. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I'd say that counts for a lot, you know. Yeah, I, I think it's important. I mean, the, the, the digital era is nice and, and it's really convenient, but I think it is also important to you know stick stick to the roots and uh, you know play everything the natural way. Also, I mean, especially because it, it can show with a lot of bands. Um, some of them I can even tell when uh, you know they're really well produced and they do a lot of things on computers. And then when you see them live, you know it's like a, a different a different story, you know. So so you really want to impress your your fans when they come out to see you uh, during your live performances. So that's a great point. Uh, you know, a lot of the stuff, the you know, the quote unquote studio tricks and whatnot, they are very difficult, if not impossible, to reproduce live. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unless if you have a huge like a huge production team. Um, you know, with with a lot of and I don't know this thing auto tuning the vocals and all all these things that that some of the bands do. I mean, unless if you have a huge 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 production, um, it it is definitely hard to duplicate that. Unless if you're you know naturally talented. So. And and it seems to me like the more tricks, quote unquote, not that there's anything illegitimate about them. I I don't I'm not a purist by any means. Uh, you know, wh- whatever works works, but. 
it seems like the more filters, the more barriers, the more artificial things you introduce uh, to sound, and again, especially live, it, it, it to me it does seem to detract from kind of that overall energy that comes from a band working together. Yeah, that too, and there's nothing like the live sound of a band rocking out. The live, loud drums, the loud bass, the loud guitar, there's nothing else like that. So when everything's coming through a speaker, and you don't hear it, you know, other than just through a speaker, it's, you know, it's not going to get you in your, in your chest like live music does. I like that. That's a really good analogy. You feel it in your chest. It's visceral. You yeah, feel it with your whole body. Well, that is an excellent point uh, for us to end on. Really enjoy talking with you guys. Like the music a lot. Uh, good luck with the official release show. You said that'll be at the end of May. Did you say? Uh, yeah, May May thirtieth. Um, at a, if anyone listening is from Vegas, uh, at, at a new venue called the Farm. So. Well, good luck with that. I wish wish I could be there, and I will be sure to uh, check in with you guys and let you know. Because, like I said, we'll be coming out. My wife and I will be coming out, plus a lot of other blog critics, in fact, uh, for the uh, the Block World uh, convention in October. So if you guys happen to be around at that time, love to come by, say hi, maybe see catch a rehearsal or something. That'd be that would be all kinds of fun. You can go, oh, geez, man, that guy's old, but that's okay. <laughs> Whoa, he sounds a lot younger. So uh, to everyone out there, be sure to check out the site. It is a totally happening MySpace site, www.myspace.com slash Ashbury, A-S-H-B-U-R-Y. And uh, best of luck to you guys. And if, if you are looking for a deal, well, I, I certainly hope that that comes together for you. So it sounds like that show, that May 30th show, is a, is a pretty big deal because it sounds uh, – the implication was that it's something of a showcase too, so – just just do your best and have fun, and all will fall into place, I am sure. We we will do that. Thanks thanks for those Thank kind you words. Thank so much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks for that advice, dude. Uh, no, uh, great talking to you, and 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 best of luck, and and do really do hope to to meet you guys one of these days. For sure, hit us up when you're out here. Okay, I will do that. All right, thank you, Ashbury. Cool, and now joining us, it is it is six thirty. In fact, it's it's six thirty one. Uh, it's an amazing thing. And we are into the second half of the show. That first half always goes quickly. It's a lot of fun. But we we are into the BC part of the BC Radio Live, where we talk about blog critics. And Philip Wynn and Lisa McKay are joining me. Uh, and it looks like we have some other people too, so I will be getting to them. Well, actually, I better I better do that right now. Make sure we have everyone we need. Uh, yep, there we go. And it looks like we have Magdalena Ball as well. Very exciting, calling from Australia, I believe. And we are going to talk about Twitter. Tweet, tweet, tweet. Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. So, how are you guys doing this evening? I'm doing well. I am on. This is Philip, and I am on top of the freaking world. And why is that? As, as anyone who follows me on Twitter, there you go. There's my tie-in. Might know I just scored tickets to see you two in Dallas, and then also in uh, Oklahoma City, just up the road. So, 
I'm uh, I'm pretty pretty darn excited. <laughs> well, that know, is over, impressive. Overproduced and all that, but being a fan club member has its perks, and one of them is uh, if you if you press submit at just the right time, getting tickets. I don't know. Did I tell you guys that when I was at the uh, the Rock Hall induction thing, the people who I was sitting at the table with, um, the very last table at the back of the room, but but in the room nonetheless, uh, the woman was going to take her daughter to Dublin to see you two for a birthday. Oh wow! Wow. For a birthday present. All the way to Dublin. So I, I think it was only her. 16th maybe the birthday so yeah it's a pretty oh, big deal my my yeah anyway <laughs> so that's up to the minute news that i bet you didn't even know because you were busy hosting a radio show at the time that's but, right uh, i did post it on my uh on my twitter account well that's that how, is that's how i found out that is rollicking Indeed. Boy, I haven't seen you two. I bet that's the I, – I just saw an email. I haven't opened it from uh, – just saw the, the title, the subject from Don saying, we have to go to this. I'll bet you that's uh, what it may be referring to. I assume they're coming to Cleveland, although they don't always, but uh, I assume they are. So I'm, I'm guessing that that's what uh, Don was referring to. I will, I will find out later about that. Yeah, I haven't seen – I don't even remember. I, probably the 80s, late 80s, last time I saw you two. Probably 20 years, so probably do, huh? Yeah, I think it's about time. <laughs> we'll get around to that. So, all right, so let's talk about, uh, is is uh, Magdalena Ball here with us? Can you hear me? I can Just hear barely. you very, very, very faintly. Well, let me tell you what I hear. What I hear sounds like an Australian chipmunk in the wall. That's how faint, how indistinct, yet yet I know, I know it's Australian. So, so there you go. It is amazing. The accent comes through as quiet as that is. Yes. So maybe call right back. Um, if you would, that would be a super wonderful thing. Uh, we do have a third person. Who is that? Yes, this is uh, sports editor Matt Sussman. I was here for the uh, Twitter orgy of insight. Excellent, because, <laughs> you know, I can't imagine an orgy of insight sans Matt Sussman. I get that a lot, and I don't know if that's a compliment. Well, you know, your presence being there, uh, it, if it if if it's if it is the uh, what, what what is the <laughs> now now my my words which really happens my words are uh, what what are the two uh, requirements for something to happen the your uh, your you have the um, oh shoot the the pre the pre- predicate predicative I think I've just rendered Eric Olson speechless. So if you need me back on the show, let me know. Let me stop thinking about it, and it will it will come to me um, shortly. I am sure. Anyway, if if your presence, what I was trying to say, uh, exceptionally poorly, was that if your presence ensures an orgy of insight, then then we welcome it. Thank you. No problem. Now, how could someone be calling on one 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 one? Or is that that's probably Magdalena? Or is that, that is actually yeah, the first the first the first person ever to own a telephone. 
<laughs> yeah. That, that's an Australian cell phone. Is it really? That really is the number? One, 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 yeah. one, 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 one. Well, one International or Skype or something of that nature. How cool. Well, now I hear you very well. Welcome, Magdalena. Thank you. Thank you. And I, now I know that the click-to-call buttons don't work that well from here. Ah, interesting. Well, you are on the other side of the world there, you know, you, and all. I am. I am. And uh, I'm glad to know that I sound like a, an Australian chipmunk as well. Inside you know, the wall. Inside the wall. <laughs> don't leave that part out. I, I don't actually think there are any Australian chipmunks. Really? I Did the kangaroos so. eat them? Well, I just don't think we have chipmunks over here. <laughs> the wallabies ate them. A twittering Australian chipmunk inside a wall. Yes. No. Your your actual real voice has no chipmunk-like qualities. I, it was purely the signal, so... So forgive me. It was, it was, it was not meant as a reflection on you. All right. Well, let's begin the discussion. Uh, what, what aspects of Twitter do you what we'd like to address? I guess, I guess, why don't I start? Just because, um, why not? Because uh, I'm talking right now, so I might as well keep talking right now, uh, and and just give my very brief uh, tale of it. I was mildly opposed to Twitter for no particular reason. It just seemed like one more thing. God, not another freaking thing. I got yanked into LinkedIn. I got yanked into Friendster. I got yanked into MySpace. Just kind of, you know, people sent me invites for a while there. I just said, sure, why not? Well, now I don't anymore because I got, I got plenty. But uh, did I leave out one? I said LinkedIn, I think, didn't I? And Facebook? Facebook, that's it. Yes, yes. So, so the ones I'm only, the only ones I'm on really actively, and I, and by active I mean simply that I haven't deleted them, <laughs> are LinkedIn and Facebook, and now Twitter. So, uh, what what really happened was we had a more or less a dictate from above. Uh, Richard Jolly Chandra, who is the CEO of Technorati, our benevolent overlords. Uh, went to some kind of meeting. I don't remember what it was, but he had, it was at some sort of gathering. And everyone there, or at least everyone right around him, uh, was talking about how amazingly effective Twitter was as a marketing tool. And so they discussed it and whatnot and blah, 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 blah. And so he came away from that saying, you know, Technorati A and, and blog critics B have to really – you know, latch on to this and, and, and ride that tail and make it work. So, you know, I was, uh, all right, whatever, okay, you know, I'll, I'll do this. Uh, but I, I had the feeling, which has certainly turned out to be true, that in order for Twitter or anything else for that matter uh, to be effective, you know, you really do have to pay attention to it, you have to ut- utilize it, and you got to kind of learn the culture, because I mean, I, now that I've been doing it for you know what a month, I guess, and it's really only it's, it's shorter than that that I've really been active at it, doing it you know pretty much daily. I'm I, I not nearly as active on weekends, I find, but uh, certainly while I'm here at work, you know, during the day, I'm I'm pretty active now. Uh, but you know, I mean, e- even in that short time, I I, I notice when someone comes on who's new. 
or, or not even new, but who, you know, seems to really kind of fall outside the norms, the parameters, like they're really too obvious with their marketing. It seems to me what I have gathered is the way to be successful, quote unquote, which also seems to be the way to have the most fun with it, is to be yourself, do your thing, talk about things that are interesting to you. I'm kind of in a, a real good position or an easy position because I'm going through all this material that comes in all day via email, all these uh, availabilities of review material and links to stuff that's just coming out and news stories and interviews and blah, 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 blah. So I'm able to kind of pick and choose from those. And, and I haven't really tried to think about any of this from a marketing perspective. It's just I figure if I be myself, uh, talk about what interests me, kind of just follow my interests, and, and then also really converse with people, interact with them, respond to what they say, to respond to their statements, you know, and, and as everyone here knows, I'm really totally a smart ass, so um, that is a, a fair amount of my personality is, is being a smart ass on there, and I'm sure that doesn't rub everyone the right way, but I don't seem to have chased too many people away yet either. So that is my summary. I'm having a, a good time um, adding people quite steadily, and again, man, i got a huge advantage in that I'm able to tap into the blog critics community, I'm able to tap into a certain extent to the Technorati community, and you know we're doing mailers on a regular basis about out to thousands and thousands of contacts we have for review material and the press and on and on. And, of course, we're mentioning this, my feed and the article feed, which is just that. It's just purely uh, as articles are published all the time. So that's, those are all real big advantages. And I'm up to, uh, I think, about 1,350 followers in a few weeks, which is pretty good. But, you know, I'm seeing these people, I have to get 10,000 followers in 10 minutes. And so I, I'm not, I've looked at a couple of them. They don't look all that legit, although, you know, the numbers are there. But anyway, I guess I'm in it for the long run, and, and it's fun. I, I like it because I, it is sustainable. You know, I don't feel like I'm doing anything that I can't sustain. So that's, that's my experience thus far in a nutshell. Eric, let me ask you a question about that. Um, my perception of your interaction on Twitter is that it's, in a sense, enabling you to get back to some of the more intimate kind of communication with the writers at DC that you used to have more time to do back in the day. And as, of course, as the site got bigger and busier, you have less and less time to do things like comment on articles or hang out in the Yahoo group and just converse with people. Um, you know, you, you really, I think, gone a long way towards kind of reestablishing that kind of, you know, we're all real people here and we actually do chit-chat with each other behind the scenes kind of feeling. And I think that's really valuable. Do you, do you sort of, is that your experience with it thus far? Yes, absolutely. And I, you know what? That's a really great point. I hadn't even thought about the comment angle. It really is a lot like making comments. You know, it's like interacting in the comments. And you're right. That's something I, you know, like like kind of everything else, editing stories, writing stories, commenting on stories. That, I mean, that was that was all I did for the first several years of our existence are those three things, you know. Uh, I wrote <laughs> thousands of stories, 
and and tried to comment, you know, as much as possible and interact and and even if it was just something really quick and dashed off in terms of of commenting. And then, of course, editing stories. So, yeah, you're right. Kind of each step of the way, I've been more and more removed. Um, I mean, the one place I, I think anyway that I, you know, maintained my my personal human, yeah, I'm a real person type guy presence has been in the Yahoo groups because I kind of have to be there anyway since I'm I'm sending out the review material or at least a, a portion of it. I'm do I tend to do the movies and. TV stuff and, and kind of random stuff directly myself, and the rest I send on to Anna, who who maintains our our amazing and ever evolving, enormously huge database. Uh, but you know, I'm kind of there anyway, so I, I try to to be be there, uh, be a presence to just answer simple questions or you know to to do that but but even that's different so i mean you're right it it is it's a lot like commenting i hadn't thought of that and um yeah i mean i've been a lot more uh, cheerful actually about kind of overall about my job and what i do because as things have evolved i have had to get away from some of the things that i liked best about the job you know originally um the entrepreneurial aspects, you know, many of have kind of gone away now that we're not completely on our own. And, um, you know, I haven't been able to write much for the last couple of years, haven't done a whole lot of editing really either. I do a fair amount of secondary editing where I'm really just tidying things up, like I know all the other editors do too. If they see something amiss, they'll, they'll jump in and fix it. So, yeah, I mean, I do a fair amount of that, probably more titles than anything else. But but that's not you know that's still kind of removed. So yeah, I, I I agree. And one thing that may happen, another step, uh, I I may kind of piggyback off of do uh, being now in the habit of doing the the twittering, which was made possible simply by the fact that it's so short. In my case, the 140 character limit is is an absolute. Godsend, and that's why I really, I think, have responded to that, am using that, have have thrown myself into it, is because it is so short and it's enforced. Those, you're looking at those numbers, you know, it's like a challenge. How much can I squeeze in? How much information can I squeeze in? And when I'm actually doing those reviews, you know, I try to do whatever I was t- talk about, what I was listening to that morning or the night before calling them morning melodies for no good reason, just, just so it has a name. Because uh, it's not all in the morning, but it's the night before that morning. And so it's it's fun to have a place to go and and at least mention that so that I'm, I'm actually keeping a record, I realized kind of after the fact. I'm keeping a record of what I listen to. You know, I could search uh, by morning melodies. But anyway, trying to compress down my feelings about an entire album – uh, into 140 characters, including the words "Merry Melodies" and uh, uh, "Morning Melody," and the title, you know, of of the album, and the artist name. So those are already taking up X amount of space. So I got to squeeze in my tire reaction. This is why on the internet. This is why on the internet, short statements like "rocks," "sucks," or "meh" have become popular. By the time you list all the album info, you just you just have room for one more word. 
Well, it is, it is, you know, the longer the titles, you know, I'm having to abridge long titles. And I'm tending to do a lot of collections, I've, I've realized, too. I kind of was looking back over them. A lot of them are collections. And so I need to, I do need to work in some more current, uh, you know, first releases. But but I listen to a lot of commercial uh, collections. So, I mean, it really is, it really is a reflection of, of what I'm doing, of what I'm listening to. But anyway, uh, all of that is getting pretty granular purely on my account, and, and I, I'm, I'm very interested to hear what everyone else has to say and how they're using it. But yes, it has become uh, a very um, active part of my day. I, I basically do it while you know I'm at work. Um, there's, I was trying to do it at the Rock Hall thing, but we just ran into all kinds of problems with connectivity and and the time factor and the fact that I was supposed to be live blogging and man live blogging and twittering at the same time that's that's a lot going on I I had thought I was going to be able to bring Don and then we could have sort of divided um, duties a little more but that ended up not working out sadly and I had to go by myself and be sad and blue but anyway, uh, it, it, I can see, you know, now that I have this phone, I have recently got a BlackBerry, so I have the phone that has the capability, and not that I've used it for that yet. And, you know, I can see things going one step at a time. What I was going to say, and I think I cut myself off as, as is not unusual, through, via the Twittering and the fact that I am used to writing again, even if it's in very, very, very short bursts, um, I, I can see that perhaps, I could squeeze a little extra room, you know, do a few uh, fewer uh, tweets, and and perhaps uh, uh, dial into this new uh, news story idea that we've uh, been working with now with the editors. Uh, shorter stories, 200 words, say, especially breaking type news. And I probably, you know, or at least I'm going to try to see if I can squeeze in maybe one a day, uh, or at least if there's something that, that is of of interest to me and I feel I have something to add, perhaps. And so um, I, if that happens, if we can make that happen, if I can make it happen, I would certainly give Twitter the credit for it because it, it has got me in a mindset where I am able to write again. My problem is just me personally. I'm, I'm very much kind of an all-or-nothing person. I really do kind of throw myself into things. I, I'm not very good at multitasking. I'm forced to do it, but I'm not that good at it, and, and I'm not very happy about it while I'm doing it. I tend to be, you know, want to really focus. And so the result of that is if I'm really focusing on administrative stuff and, and you know, running an organization, running a business, and all the stuff that's involved with that and kind of the, you know, trying to conceptualize all this high-level nonsense and plus just, you know, it's not all that highfalutin. It's also just dealing with the with the nuts and bolts of, of a site, you know, and people and all that, too. That It really doesn't leave a whole lot of time. Yeah, um, I don't know right. if I'm come up uh, 108. All right, so that's enough about me. I, I enjoy it. I, th- I think it's a great marketing tool, but what I have found is the the less direct your marketing, the better a marketing tool it is. If you appear to be marketing too obviously, I know as a as a reader, I'm not nearly as interested. Does that, does that apply to you guys too? I don't think it's a marketing tool at all. <laughs> I, mean, I love Twitter. Twitter's great, but I don't think it's a marketing tool. I think it's, it's um, purely a networking tool. 
if by building a network, you can then market to those people, that's, that's something else. But I think people don't go there to purchase things. Well, I, I'm using marketing in a broader sense. It's more like getting the yeah. brand name out there, getting the name out there, um, getting the recognition, and finding new people who you wouldn't otherwise who wouldn't otherwise be inclined or particularly necessarily interested in blog critics if you know if by interacting with me they become aware of blog critics, and that's a very positive thing. That is true. That is true. The interesting thing, though, I mean, I think it's the brevity, and I'm a wordy girl myself. I'm, I tend to be verbose. So it's the brevity, the, the um, word limit or the uh, character limit that has made it so popular and so viral. I think it's the thing that's actually made it succeed where other networking tools have failed because it's so easy to go in at the end of your day and just kind of knock something in. So we keep it, we keep it up to date. But I wonder, and I have wondered, whether the brevity is not necessarily a mixed blessing, whether there's not a negative side to that too, um, in that you know we tend to, it tends to cut people off in a way. It tends to say, okay, this is all you're going to get. I, I agree I mean, entirely. Else wonder, you know, whether we're we're soundbiting our lives <laughs> a little bit with Twitter. I think if you only use Twitter, it's more of a problem. I think people who also blog, people who also write longer articles. I, I see it as just kind of another tool, you know. Uh, in, in other words, if, if you're not using Twitter to convey all that you feel you have to say, then I think it's fine. I think if, if it is your only outlet, then, then those problems come into play. Something I'm really surprised I haven't seen more of, and maybe you guys who have more experience uh, with Twitter than I do have seen this, but I really haven't seen it yet other than when I've tried to do it. I'm surprised you don't see more, um, like, there's, like there isn't, I haven't seen a universal symbol that means continued. In other words, people just writing multiple tweets to get out what they want to get out and then somehow linking them. Does that happen? Any kind of symbol would actually take up some of those precious 140 characters. <laughs> yeah, but so if you I make just, it a, just... a single symbol that means continued from before, you know, like like the at symbol has become so universal. Yeah, that, that's, that's a good the, idea. The universal, the, the universal symbol is that your icon is also uh, doubled up and tripled up right above the other one. The timestamps pretty much take care of that. So just quite fast? <laughs> yeah. So if you have more than 140 characters to say on a given subject, just keep going? I mean, is that acceptable? I, I don't see people doing a whole lot of that, so I, I figured that I've, that would be cool. I'll give you an example. I'll give that. you an example. There's there's a hilarious Twitter feed. Um, I don't know if you guys know who Rick Riley is, the sports writer for ESPN, formerly Sports Illustrated. There's a couple of sports, and he's 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 kind of a hacky sort of a you know jokey, very pun punny kind of guy. Uh, some people started a feed that's called the fake Rick Riley. And it's basically every day they go on and they do a, a series of puns and jokes and uh, sort of cheesy human interest stories. And it basically is five tweets in a row. And then they just wait and then it comes on the next day and everyone who's on there just sort of accepts that. It's okay, you're not using just 140 characters. You're cutting off at, you know, sentences, so it's not like ridiculous, but that's, that's how they do it. And there are other examples. All right. Well, I just brought someone else on. Who Who is now with us on the line? I think we're up to seven people. Seven people? Who's Who's on? I, I can, can't make out who's here. My name is Natalie Davis. Natalie, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? 
Oh, I'm I'm fine. Long You're time no speak. Tottering arm about Twitter. I am I am I, I'm doing exactly that. Yes. Yeah, I, I noticed one of the first one of my first tweets was to call a past tense of a tweet a twat, and people like didn't like that very much. Did you hear uh, very recently Stephen Colbert was on uh, the, that ABC chat fest, The View, and they were talking about Twitter. They asked him, well, Stephen, have you twitted? And he says, I have twatted. <laughs> and it, it hit Twitter immediately. <laughs> well, he must what read me is, is my what I'm going to say about that. <laughs> oh, well, goodness. you know. You have to learn the per- perfect conjugation for the verb. Yeah, yeah. I I, I notice uh, some of these people who I'm following keep trying to achieve that, but they seem to be trying to achieve it kind of by fiat and dictate rather than following the the organic approach. Well, Natalie, what are your thoughts uh, on on Twitter in general, or any or or just any you know quick observation? It's a pain in the butt, but it's also wonderful. It's um. It's very uh, alluring, shall we say. You're trying to get something done, and then something comes across that you just must stop everything to read, <laughs> check out, whatever. So it, it makes a terrible time sink. At the same time, if you need immediacy, it's the perfect medium for that. Uh, this weekend, there was the huge controversy, uh, controversy over the uh, Amazon.com deranking of GLBT and other books. And... The mainstream media didn't cover it, but it was all over Twitter. And then the mainstream media covered it. And then the mainstream media. And they mentioned that it was all over Twitter. So absolutely, you know, Amazon failed Twitbomb. Exactly, exactly. I saw that you know in every major publication, and they all they all led with. it, It was as if the fact that it was covered so. That it, that it was such a sensation, you know, quote unquote, on Twitter was even more important than than what the, they were twi- tweeting about in the first place, which I thought was really interesting. Well, it it goes back to remember the early days of television when we all listened to the wisdom of Marshall McLuhan, and he said that the medium became the message, the medium becomes the massage. Uh, I think we're seeing that again now in new media. Every time something new comes on the horizon, it essentially upstages the things that are actually being communicated through it. And that's, I guess that's good, but it, it, it can be quite difficult if you're talking about a very important subject, and most people are concerned about the fact that they talked about the subject on a particular media platform. So, that is that is a very good point and very interesting. Anyone else have any thoughts on on the medium being the message, uh, you know, uh, on Twitter or or otherwise? But I mean, that's what I picked up from that story, uh, all those stories about the the Amazon situation was the fact that all everyone led with, hey, this is this was talked about all weekend on Twitter, as if that was more important than what they were talking about. There was also another story last week, I don't know if anybody heard, with uh, Demi Moore and Ashton Kutcher, apparently the king and queen of Twitter. Apparently, Demi was involved in some sort of situation in which a conversation she had with someone on Twitter uh, ended up saving someone or preventing them from committing suicide. 
I did say yeah, that. Some, someone who uh, follows Demi or someone whom Demi follows basically put her name in a tweet saying, I'm about to go kill myself. And, uh, you know, Demi responded, you know, I hope you're kidding, but if not, you know, get help. And then after, uh, after she became convinced she might be serious, ended up calling the police and quite possibly saved her life. And that's amazing and wonderful and cheers to Demi Moore for reaching out to another human being. But unfortunately, most of the coverage of it, what was lost was the story of this poor woman. The focus was on Demi and Twitter. The message, the, the medium being the message. The yep. being the message. Good point. Very, that's a very good point. Uh, we're actually out of the live uh, broadcast now of the show, or, or it's not broadcast, it's Internet, because uh, it, it's actually 7.01. But we can talk a few minutes more. It all still is recorded uh, and is available for the streaming version of the show. Um, has anyone else joined us who we haven't talked to? I've kind of lost track now. No. All right. Well, uh, how about if we all, uh, and I've said enough, I don't need to do it, but why doesn't everyone else uh, maybe just say who you are again in case people don't remember your voice and, and maybe uh, either give uh, some sort of synopsis uh, of your usage of Twitter or just some observation about Twitter or just anything else that you, we haven't addressed because it, it was a short, quick half hour as they always are and there's always more. I think this is certainly a topic we'd come back to, but... Uh, I'd love to hear just uh, you know any closing thoughts that people have. Well, I'll, I'll admit I just kind of I just joined the service to follow P Diddy. So <laughs> you and no, that, well the, the thing that I really John I, that too and MC Hammer, but the really uh, Stephen Fry and all those. That's another thing when when. When did celebrities become on the cutting edge of, of, of technology? I thought they waited until something was safe. They waited until they learned, oh, blogs are okay. They're not all bad. Now everyone get one. And somehow they, they leaped everyone else, and they all joined Twitter, sort of like, you know, when they all joined Scientology, oh, we should all do this, or they joined the Atkins <laughs> diet. They somehow just sort of hijacked Twitter. And I've hear, I heard a lot of people talk about, well, it's boring because all they do is hear about menial celebrity gossip because that's what drives American pop culture. And that really isn't what the whole service is about. So that, that really has aggravated me in that there are, um, there are celebrity icons of Twitter. No, they just happen to be on it. All right, good point. They Who's next? They just happen to be on it, but you get to control that. You don't have to follow them. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And we're all let's, getting off 15 minutes. Let, let's, see, let's see who the uh, account suck 2 hyphens is following, shall we? Nick Nolte? The, most, the, the Nick Nolte? Okay, the Nick Nolte one, not the actual Nick Nolte. That's a joke uh, okay. one. Ooh, okay. <laughs> That's a uh, film, film drunk starting Nick Nolte. If you read that one, I, I encourage everyone to follow the Nick Nolte one. It's It's hilarious. John Hodgman, though, that's actually that's not the most famous person you're following. He's, so he's probably the most Good famous. Maybe him, him and Will Leach. And I'm actually thinking of considering unfollowing John Hodgman because he has sort of turned it into a, uh, hey, uh, my friend here is on the uh, radio show, or he's got a new TV show coming out. You should all watch. And it's like kind of, he's sort of run out of his, the uh, the areas of my expertise style uh, mind dumps that was the reason I joined. Look, Stephen Fry is worth following just for the beauty of his linguistic usage. 
he really manages to um, make the most out of that short space. Interesting. He's a brilliant Twitterer. I don't follow him because I love him as an actor. I follow him because I actually like his use of language and the way he uses Twitter. Exactly. I'm not going to discount someone for being famous if they're doing it right, but if they're, you know, if it's Martha Stewart saying, I just fed my dog, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's an interesting point, and I think that's one of the things that, that is also making Twitter succeed. That, you know, you can't get away with rubbish because people simply won't continue to follow you. You actually have to work the medium well. You have to say things that are worth people following, or they just won't. It's a good point, but I'll disagree with it because look at how many people are following Martha Stewart, you know? Or Brittany. Oh, but having said exactly. that, I'm not following Martha Stewart or Brittany. I'm only following people who kind of fit my mold. So I think, you know, we formed a little literary community. Um, and, and I think that people do tend to create their own little mini communities on Twitter that I guess align with the things that they're particularly interested in. Ladies and gentlemen, Magdalena has now officially fulfilled what she tweeted just as the show began. <laughs> Participating in Twitter talk show on BC Radio Live on Blog Talk Radio, parenthesis, trying to slip in something literary. And now you've done it. Congratulations. I've done that to my followers. Grateful nations, thank you. <laughs> Sadly, it was, the, it was in the lo- non-live ghetto, but nonetheless. Oh, that's true. <laughs> The after show. Well, well, I, know, well, that's I know somebody's reading it, too. Show up, you know, afterwards. <laughs> that's right, all the best people. <laughs> well, we should mention uh, Matt Sussman is at twitter.com suss2 hyphens, S-U-S-S number two hyphens. Magdalena is at twitter.com slash compulsive reader without the trailing R. I'm guessing you hit a character limit there? Yeah, couldn't put it in. If you, if you type compulsive reader, does it work? No, you actually have to delete the last R there. Uh, Natalie is so. at twitter.com slash nrdavis. And uh, Lisa, you know, there's no point in giving Lisa's address because she uh, she's private. She protects her updates. So, you know, you can't really see what she says anyway. Good for her. I'm going to start the uh, Pirates Lisa McKay Twitter feed. <laughs> there you go. Fake, fake McKay. Bootleg McKay tweets. From my door. <laughs> and then uh, uh, Eric is at uh, twitter.com slash blog critics and there's also an article feed if all you want to know is when new articles are posted that is twitter.com slash bc articles of course when uh, really good articles are posted Eric also links to them from twitter.com slash blog critics so if you must choose one or the other go with uh, go with Eric and I'm at twitter.com slash pwin P-W-I-N-N. Did, did I miss anyone? I think that's all uh, that that has spoken up anyway. I'll just say this. The conversation that comes from the blog critics writers, just primo, just primo. That's worth it. (laughs) It's it's pretty amazing. Well, I'm certainly enjoying it, and I'm glad, you know, to to know what their names are. It's great that we have a list, that we're maintaining a list of, uh, it's a what a database I guess it is on the Yahoo group. Um, so you know I, I at least scan through that so that I remember who everyone is because a lot of people don't use their their actual names or some sort of cryptic variation on it. And yeah, I I, I really do enjoy seeing what they all have to say and so many different points of view. And it's a really interesting microcosm of of blog critics 
uh, in general. I think we have, um, I don't know, what is it, maybe 40, 50 members who are uh, who are active. Uh, all right, well, I'm getting another call. Oh, a call from home. What a shocker. So I imagine we should get going. It's uh, eight minutes after the hour, but this has been a point. all who called in and uh, participated. Very interesting discussion. I, as as always, apologize for blabbing as much as I did, but I was real interested to hear the various points of view, and I think this is certainly something that we can do again. Don't you all? Party. <laughs> All right, why doesn't everyone say farewell and we will we will hit the road. Farewell. Bye bye. Goodbye. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks to you all and we will chat again soon. Don't forget, BC Radio Live every Wednesday at from six to seven PM Eastern time. Thank you.